She's April. And she's Molly. And we are the book besties. The main character, the Weasleys. Woo! Here it is. Harry Potter. He's got that perfect, like, mm. It's me, cute magic. Things are happening. The Legos matchup. Chub rubbing thighs. That's where it sits, just right in the center. But he's eating that shit up. <laughs> Peaky blinders. Climb on top of me because I want to see your whole body. The Dark Lord wins. Book April would never. April, April would. <laughs> Hi. I'm sorry. I mean, we've been talking the last 20 minutes. I just I talked know. your ear off. <laughs> yeah, but I'm excited for what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. It's going to be amazing. So I finished all of our season three pod books. Yay for you. Yeah. I'm and not there yet. I have started reading Husband Material, which is the sequel to uh, Boyfriend Material, which we read in season oh, it's two. So good. And I started A Court of Wings and Ruin, which is the which third is that? Akatar. Third Akatar. Oh. I. And. I'm listening to the audiobook for that one. And I have two more physical mm-hmm. books lined up, which is the sequel to the one we're talking about today. And the other Emily Henry I haven't read, which is people we meet on vacation. So I'm planning <laughs> to just spend our pod break reading smutty, smut, smut, smut. And I, I invited two of my coworkers to help me start a smut book club at work. Yay! That'll be fun! Not for the public. It's just for just, the three just of us. You- just the three of us to sit That'll be so in the workroom of the library where I work and just talk, and talk about, about smut. Solid plan. Solid plan. My plan is to um, write during our break. Yeah. I just haven't finished the book, last book yet, and I'm struggling to finish the last book. I was listening it to it yesterday, actually. I was fluffing with Chris. We got a new Christmas tree mm-hmm. because we tossed our old one when we were in New York, in Texas, and we didn't want to travel with it anyway. Yeah. So I'm down there fluffing it, and I have my audiobook playing, and screen is live, and the cat, my cat, Honey, comes downstairs, mm-hmm. walks past me with my gloves and my fluff, and I was like, hi, baby. She jumps on the table where my phone is sitting, pauses my audiobook. Jumps off the table, runs past me, and runs upstairs. She's just as over this book as we are. Oh, my gosh. You know, next week we'll talk more about the book that we're talking about. Um, but but like, I I, um, I really... My cat doesn't want to hear any more of it. I really, really hated cat. it. She came from upstairs yeah. to the basement to yeah. stop me from listening to this book. Yeah. Yeah. She knows. Yeah. She knows. You know how they say, say Your cats cat can has sm- taste. Yeah. You know how they can say cats can smell depression? Mm-hmm. My cat can tell when I'm angry. <laughs> and she just comes and like. That book made me feel very angry as well. I'm angry. Yeah. But anyways, with this book though. This Should we talk book, about this week's oh book? Oh my God. This week's book. Oh my God. This is the opposite of angry. I so, love this book so much. Ah! This week's Where book is, is Spoiler Alert. Spoiler Alert. By Olivia Dade. Oh my god, this book was so good! So I actually had a different book in December for my uh, pick, Mm -hmm. and I told you we had too many heavy at the end of the season, and I was like, I just need to read some romance novel. And then we ended up switching all of our December books and deciding we were going to do like warm up winter reads. 
I was so excited. I so, bought this before we moved. Oh, you so, did? So, like, I've been holding this for a while. Well, I had a friend um, who's actually not in our book club. I should probably invite her. But yeah. I have a friend that posted this one, I think, maybe over the summer or in the early fall. Uh-huh. Um, she's been posting her reading journey this year. I think she had a goal of, like, 50 books or something. And um, she posted that one. And I have never read a main character that was plus size before in a romance novel. And Mm -hmm. so it was intriguing to me. So I put it on pod and now I have purchased the third book. I already had the second one before we started. I don't have the second or the third. I'm going to buy them though. I've already purchased them and I am going to read all three of them. And they're as soon they're, as they get off the episode, as soon as they get off yeah. the episode. And just so you know, listeners, if you haven't read this book and you are interested, um, this series is like ser- other series, like, um, oh, uh, it happened one summer where each book is a different, like main character couple situation. However, like the characters come in and out, uh-huh. they're involved in each other's lives. So like, like, um, like, uh, Jasmine Gouillard series. Yes, exactly. Like the wedding date series. Yeah. Like the second book in the series is Alex and his assistant. So, and then That's the third cute. book, the third book is the two cast members who everyone thinks have been fucking, Are shipping? but, but they've said that they never have. It's those two. And it's like, they definitely, they definitely fucked. It's like before they, they oh. hooked up before they were on the show. Oh, like it's past dated. Right. Yeah. So anyway. All right. So synopsis. Synopsis. Okay. April Whittier is a geologist with a private life consisting of writing fan fiction based on her favorite book and television series, Gods of the Gates. Although she doesn't have a lot of friends in the real world, she has a super supportive community of fans on the Lavinia server, a fanfic site dedicated to her favorite OTP, One True Pair. Marcus Castor-Rupp is the hot lead of the fan-favorite Gods of the Gate series. He has just finished filming the sixth and final season of the show. The problem, Marcus hates the showrunner's perspective of the book series he loves. What's a star to do but to dive headfirst into the fanfiction world to write stories that fix the plot Uh, issues he's been acting out on screen? I mean, obviously. 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 In doing so, he's made an online best friend and crush in Alsie, who just happens to be April. Magically. Right. By the magic of rom-coms. By By one random (laughs) encounter on- We cute magic. That's what I'm calling it from now. I am- I- I'm going to catchphrase that. It's me cute magic. Fair. Me cute. <clears throat> By one random encounter on Twitter after April posts a photo of her in her cos- in cosplay in all her plus size curvy glory, Marcus and April end up on a date. The single date that may have been uh, been for positive PR ends up being a real life encounter with two people who have liked each other online for years. The only problem is that only Marcus knows the truth. What will happen when April finds out that book Aeneas would never is actually her super hot actor boyfriend. Dun, dun, dun. I love, first and foremost, I want to say I love that they gave the voice to the fanfic community. Yeah, actually, that's my first question. So let's dive in there. Um, okay. So 
like, I want to talk about fan fiction writing. So have you written fan fiction? Mm-hmm. You have. So we've read another book about the fan fiction world, and that was Fangirl by Rainbow Rowell. And we read that in season one or two. One or two. I don't remember. One. We read one. it in season one. One. Um, we'll link that below. Um, yeah. If we can find it. But can you, like, explain <laughs> the fan fiction world to us okay, that have so, not? Um, I don't read okay. it or write it. So. So. There's two different parties of fanfic. Mm-hmm. One that sticks with, okay, I'm just going to call it lore, just so everybody is, so I'm not using terminology that's not commonplace. Okay. So there's some fanfic that stick to the OG storylines, okay. to the lore, right. to everything that the author has or has not said. Right. Those people will write fan fiction that would happen. Things okay. that they think would happen inside the world based off of the information that the author has given them. Right. Some people do that in modern day. Some day do it past tense. Some people write it in the setting that the author has given it. Okay. Then there's others who like to take the characters and throw them into other places. I actually, this is a great question because I actually have been mulling one over for, because I used to write Harry Potter fanfic back yeah. in the day and read it um, when I first started reading the books. But my new one, I saw this TikToker talk about it, and I can't get it out of my mind. It's the Weasleys, but Peaky Blinders. I don't know what Peaky Blinders is. So Peaky Blinders is like this. I'll put a link to like the IMDb and all that. But Peaky Blinders is like this gangster 1920s, 1910s family that's Irish. That's just oh my like. Gosh, that's amazing. Okay, so. So it's on Netflix. You should watch it. It's amazing. So my premise is for this. She was talking about how the Weasleys could be like this. So my premise is, is the Dark Lord for this. This is, so this is how I write and I go off Lord, but Lord adjacent. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah. So in the premise of how I would blend these two is I would say the Dark Lord wins the first time, okay? The Order of the Phoenix loses. Mm-hmm. He doesn't kill the Weasleys because they're purebloods and he wants the purebloods around. Right. So he's destroyed Hogwarts, whatever. The Weasleys become a family that pure things. Arthur has decided to use his uses of human artifacts and become mm-hmm. a dealer of swords. And Mal- Molly's like the mastermind and then Charlie's your smuggler and like all the siblings. But what I've decided was that if this happened, Harry would still be alive somewhere. And before mm-hmm. Dumbledore died and before the Dark Lord would get him, mm-hmm. he would entrust the Weasleys with Harry. It's the only feasible option, right? Yeah. So Harry... Like Honora and Firefly makes the Weasleys respectable. Mm. So Harry Potter becomes the name brand because he is a pure blood wizard. He's he's scared the Dark Lord's scared of him. Yeah. He's a positive front for the Weasleys, so they become respectable, but they can still do their dirty business yeah. without being but that's how fan fiction starts, right? Right. A fan takes something they love and they just Roll with it. Right. Not everybody has the talent to write. Not everybody has the talent to write their own stuff. Right. Some people just see a world that they love and mm-hmm. just add to it. Right. And that's how fan fiction starts. And this started because he they hated the way the author's work was being disrespected. Yeah. And Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones had a lot of that. Yeah. 
a lot of that. And if I can find it, I'll put it in the links because that's what this is, is yeah. Game of Thrones adjacent. I mean, they, they nod to Game of Thrones and talk about why they're, uh, like, they yeah. changed the setting or something because, oh, because yeah. Because of Game changed, of Thrones? They changed the setting from, like, Greece. Least and Rome to, to, to ancient England. Times. Yeah. And they did that because of Game of Thrones. And like, yeah, this is definitely like Game of Thrones is like the, the nod to right, uh, right. gods of the gates. And Especially since like talking about ruining an ending, mm-hmm. everybody was pissed about the Game of Thrones ending. Well, this I've is never 100%. read Game of Thrones. Me either, but and, I know that. And I've seen, I've only out. seen a few episodes because it was like way too rapey for me. Like I just couldn't. Um, but I 100% knew I'm going to spoil the Game of Thrones ending for those of you who haven't seen it. Seen it. Listen so to it. Where the fuck have you been? Under a rock? A little bit, I guess. Like, where the fuck have you been? Do you not know the ending of Game of Thrones? But when the guy, what's his name? The Jon Snow? No, no. The one that was in the wheelchair that fell out, oh, was Brian. pushed out of the window. When he, Brian. when he showed up. At the final thing, I was like, oh yeah, he's going to be the guy. He's going to be the guy. Yeah. Cause why else would he fucking be there? Like he it, he wasn't he shouldn't have fucking been there. As a person that watched every season religiously, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as a person that loves high fantasy, mm-hmm. and I knew the like I knew the backstories. I would look it up. I couldn't read. I can't read George R. R. Martin. Mm-hmm. His writing is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Do I read? The it's synopsis? high fantasy, which is it's hard. high fantasy. But I I read all the synapses, so mm-hmm. I knew where he wanted it to go. I knew where the fans wanted it to go. Right. And as soon as like first two episodes of season that last season came out i was like oh we're all fucked this is gonna be well, terrible and just like the game of thrones series like the that series the books of that series are not finished so gods of the gates which is what we have in this book yeah um it's a trilogy and so the series went on for like the tv series went on for five seasons mm-hmm but there were there only was, three books. So the last were, two seasons, Marcus and his cast are basically like really angry at like how their character arcs were destroyed and like where the where they took the fantasy world that was created was just not what was right. true to the story. Um so just for those of you who do not know, um there are a lot of books that are coming out being published now. Um, some of them are being, um, you know, self-published and in, are independent published. Um, but there are books that are being published that are fanfic and were picked up. Um, and Olivia Dade used to publish, uh, she used to write fanfic. Um, if you read her author's note at the end of this book, she talks about how she found a community in the fan fiction community. And that's really mm-hmm. how she um, got better at her writing. Um, but the best example the best example tell you right the best (laughs) examples of fan fiction writing getting published is number one rainbow rowell has the series carry on which is based on the series that she wrote into fangirl but is basically like a bastardization of harry potter like she can't write fan fiction for harry potter and then publish it because like she'd get in trouble for that but as soon as I read Fangirl, mm-hmm. I knew it was Draco Harry porn. Oh yeah, that's it all they hundred percent is. Except there, except the uh, the Draco character in that story is like a vampire or something, or he's yeah, yeah it's not a witch. Whatever they had to change it so it wasn't so right. fucking accurate. Yeah, um, 
But this book also reminds me of like my favorite guilty pleasure movie, which is Win a Date with Tad Hamilton. Have you ever seen I that? love that movie. So that movie is awful. It's my guilty pleasure book uh, movie. It's the movie that I watch when I've had a really shitty, like awful week and I my brain can't consume anything heavy. And basically the premise of that movie is that like the main character wins a date with like this hot actor who does it as a PR stunt and they end up like falling in love. And he likes really into her. And yeah. She's like, yeah, cool, whatever. Yeah. So <laughs> it reminded me of that. Um, but anyway. But Topher Grace, yeah. Jennifer Goodwin. I love Jennifer Goodwin. I love Jennifer Goodwin. Everything that she's been in, I'm like, I just love her. You know that she has, this is a totally random Jennifer Goodwin trivia. She has a wig clause in her Mm -hmm. contract. Because she likes keeping her hair short. Because she likes keeping her hair short. So she has a wig contract so that she can um, always have a wig and keep her hair short. And I kind of love that, that she's allowed to be who she wants to be. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, the other book that, and I don't think you've read this series, but I may put the first book in the series Which on book? pod. Um, it's the Once Upon a Con series, and the first one's called Geekerella. I have read that. Yeah, no. So Geekerella does this whole, like, they don't know that they are the other person until they mm-hmm. meet at the con. So it's also yeah. has that kind of similar premises. But even though this book reminded me of so many books that I, like, love, it was still somehow original to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, did you feel that way? Yeah. Oh, it felt like it fit well in its genre. Yeah. Like, I had a place on my shelf for it. Mm-hmm. I knew where it was going. Yeah. It belonged. Right. Like, it belongs with the other sweet, warm romances that we love so much. Right. right? Like, it's not a slow burn, though. They fuck yeah. right away. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of fucking sexual tension oh right gosh. away. Yes. Um. But last week I mentioned, like, why are authors writing all these, like, tiny girls and these big, you know, over Humping. six foot guys, you know? And this book is, like, the Aliens opposite. With yeah. Rabbit head oh fucking gosh. penises. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But this book is, like, the opposite, right? Because Marcus is, like, beefy, but he's not, like, he's big. Just, and no, April like, is big. But it's, I don't know. It's, it's. More realistic, in my opinion. I wish that, yes. I wish that the cover had her looking more like she's described in the book. Like, yeah. they still made her more slender. Air quote, skinnier. Yeah. yeah. She's she's curvy, but she refers to herself as fat. Yeah. So, But that might be in her opinion. It might right? be. Right? We, we it are- might be. But in some of those sex scenes, they're describing, like, her thunderous thighs. And I'm like, this girl on the cover is still smaller than I am. So, like, it's not it. <laughs> All right. This is the first time I have read a romance novel with a plus-size main character. Mm-hmm. So what did you think of Olivia ta- Dade's take on this? I like her honesty about it. Yeah. I like her honesty about it. Like, right. I fall, I mean, I'm a 12, 13, 14. Right. And I fall in the plus size window. Right. Even though technically I'm medium size, but right. I fall in the plus size window. And the plus size girls have all these things. Like, right. there is problems with clothes. There is problems right. with, like, it, the honesty about it. Right. And, like, the naturalness of it. Right. It wasn't awkward. It wasn't... 
It didn't make you feel uncomfortable. Right. Sometimes when a author writes a disability, a change, making somebody different right. and they're uncomfortable with it, she's comfortable with who she is as an author. You can see she is comfortable with her body, so she's making her character comfortable with their body. I don't know that I would argue that April is totally comfortable with her body, though. I think that there's hundred percent. I think there's enough past trauma from previous relationships and with her parents, her parents that she has worked really hard to love the person that she is. But, she's still struggling. But she's triggered by things, and we'll talk more about that later, but yeah. she's triggered by things that, like, I don't think everybody would be triggered by. Right. Um, but I, I don't like the term fat. Like, I don't like it when people use that. I, the, Olivia Day justified it in the book, saying that, like, she was owning that. Like, it's not a derogatory term. This is something – it's sort of like the word bitch, right? Like, right. you know, when I you – you can use I know bitch. I'm an ass. I know I'm annoying. I outright admit it. It's it's like owning that. But I don't yeah. really love that. I just feel like there's a, a gentler way to talk about yourself if you are big. Like I'm a big girl. Like I know that about myself. I don't like hearing the word fat. Hearing mm -hmm. that I'm um because fat size. was used fat was used against you. Exactly. Exactly. That was used against you, and it's hurtful. And, and I'm not saying that to be cruel. I'm no, saying no, no, it's no, direct you're, and honest. You're one hundred percent right. I mean I've they use it against me. Right. I, I've had a lot of nasty things said about me. Yeah. And, I mean, and you're 100% right. Um, it's probably just a trigger word for me. But, like, the truth is that there are other words that people use, like curvy. And that doesn't really define me either. I'm not a curvy girl. Like, I don't have curvy hips in, like, the hourglass figure mm -hmm. that a lot of girls who are plus size have. I'm big in my belly. And that's about it. So... Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. That's where it sits. Just so, right in the center. Right. Um, I don't have a, a nice ass. Like, I have a really flat butt. Like, I do have back big ass. thighs, though. I've got, I have a, I got chub rubbing thighs. Back ass. My back and my booty just go Same. slide into one. Same. You know who has a really nice ass, though? My husband. He's Me got too. that perfect, like, mm. You know, that it's had like, a, mm. that has, I used to have a really round one because mm -hmm. he was a runner, right? Mm -hmm. And, like, as he's like less runner and more work and grown up, he's lost the shape, but he's got a nice round little booty. Mm. Thank you, Matthew Banks, for sharing it with me. But yeah, there are some jeans that Tom wears that I'm like, damn. Mm. But this book has a great conversation about what it looks like when couples don't match up and the way yeah. people look at it. And, and I don't people know if this is totally, a question. Sorry, go ahead. I don't know if this is a question or not, but as someone that like, my husband is conventionally more attractive than me. I have had that in the past and people look at us way different. And I know what that looks like. I know how people see when you're with more conventionally attractive person versus mm -hmm. a round person. When I was at my heaviest, people would look at us all the time. Like, what is that little guy doing with that yeah. fat woman? You know, I like, mean, I feel the same way about Tom and I like, now that Tom's not in the guard anymore, he's got more of like, you know, the dad bod, but when oh. he yeah, he's a lot softer. But when he was active duty, he like, yeah, he would have to make weight. So he was definitely like, right. I outweighed him by a lot. And sometimes I was really uncomfortable with that. But I'm going to be a little graphic that. here. Listen, if you're a man, if you're big and your man is still like climb on top of me because I want to see your whole body, which is what uh -huh. happens in this book. Girl, yeah. eat that shit up. Be because like, not every woo, here it is. Uh, sorry, just going back to what we were talking about before. Um, in the book, April actually talks about sitting on his face and like yes. how she just wants to do that. And he's like, happy. he's 
Part he's like, it'll be a great part way of the to intentional die. pun, but he's eating that shit up. <laughs> <laughs> but it, 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 plus size ladies, my friends, mm-hmm. the big, big, big old girls, whatever you want to call yourself. Mm-hmm. There is a man that wants you. Yeah. I promise you that. And what I liked about this, Molly, what I liked about this was that it wasn't about her personality. It wasn't like, oh, she's a really great person and I like her personality. I mean, he did like those things, but he wanted her body. Like he was attracted to the way that she looked. And I think so many times when we have a plus size character, it's like, oh, but she's a good person. That's how she got that guy. And not like, and not like, you know what? He likes banging her body. He wants to fuck her. Let exactly. him fuck her. Exactly. Let him be attracted to who you're fucking attracted to. Right. Oh my God. I can't believe I have to say that in 2022. Right. Right. Like, fuck. And I mean, like, I, I mean, we are both with people like that. I mean, some people Matt's would. smaller than me. Matt yeah. is way smaller than me. Yeah. Tom and, and is I'm smaller not, than me too. I'm sorry, Matthew. I know that like, like might be a man insult or whatever. And I know you listen to this shit, but like, dude, you have an inch shorter than me and you're like 20 pounds lighter than me. Mm-hmm. Just how fucking God made you. Todd's shrinking now. So he's the same height as me, but he, so when, cause Tom and I met on, that's so cute. When Tom, Tom and I met online, right? So you can his... edit that out, Tom. Sorry. <laughs> Bleep it or something. Make that feel better. <laughs> So Tom and I met online, right? And so his profile actually said he was about probably at least an inch and a half taller than what he actually is. I, I and so when I how tall that man is. <laughs> so, so when I met him for the first time, um, I had a cast on my leg and was wearing like a walking boot. And so I was slightly taller than him. And I was like, what the fuck? He is the shortest guy that I've ever dated. Really? Yes. All of I, my previous boyfriends were over six foot. Um, my first boyfriend was six seven. I'm doing height math. You keep going. I'm listening. Um, but I'm also the biggest, like, I'm the roundest girl Tom's ever dated. He, all of his yeah. other girlfriends were, like, you know, skinnier. But here's the thing. I, at one time, my mom said, you don't want a person with a, a huge height disparity because you won't fit together well. And I thought that was a weird thing to say. But it is true. Like, we're, we're, you know, we're the same, you know, you know, Us too. you know, yeah. I know. So I got you. Okay. Yep. <laughs> the Legos match up. The Legos match up. The Legos match up. <laughs> All right. So will you read any more of the books in this series? Absolutely. Yeah, I already added all of Olivia Dade's books to my I, Goodreads to be I mean, read. When I am uh, lifted, my book buying band is lifted. I am buying them. But Buy them. Just- do it um she also has it doesn't seem like the main character is plus size but she has a librarian series too of course she does so i may listen to i may read that one i don't know i have a difficult time with like the librarian thing because like i am one but her other series that i added is teachers Mm. and like even though i like i personally did date a teacher while i was teaching so i kind of get it but like I am intrigued by that one. Yeah. I am intrigued by that one. It's an English teacher. Listen, she already wrote a story about me. The main character's name is April with a W last name initial. Yeah, she's a redhead. She's, redhead, she's, plus, she's right? plus size. Like, this is me. 
What it is was, my life? It was a really <laughs> hard time separating like fiction from reality. Life from fiction, yeah. Yeah. I think I said this last week, but like at one point they're having sex and Marcus yells out April and I was like, damn. Mm. Cross your legs. Yeah, like, like, I need to just shift a little bit here because <laughs> woo! Damn. <laughs> Hold on tight. Yeah. Hold up a second here. Woo! Things are happening. Um <laughs> All right. Uh, we learned throughout this book that Marcus is hiding his true personality from the media because he's dyslexic. Um, we also learned that he is a, the kind of guy who would stick up for a fat shamed fan on Twitter. Did you find his story believable? A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. I, as a dyslexic person who hid her dyslexia, mm-hmm. who still hides her dyslexia, like, mm-hmm. If she has job interviews or mm-hmm. anything like that, it is, it is very common. And mm-hmm. dyslexic people like see themselves. I, I can't speak for the whole community, but most dyslexic people do feel like they are less than they're mm-hmm. not. So even though he's built himself up to be this huge hunky guy, yeah, he still sees, you know, the village idiot. He still sees what he thinks is what ignorant, idiotic. Was. Yeah, yeah. And he's just, He's none of those things. And it, I mean, we see it all the time. We see friends that have like that glow up, you know, yeah. people, men that Neville, you know, yeah. they go from, they long bottom. It, it, it's just, it happens all the time. Yeah. And they still see themselves as that nerdy kid as, right. as the, they, they still fit in that niche. I, mean, I have a friend, mm-hmm. no lie. I grew up with, he used to play D and D. He was on covers of magazines when mm-hmm. we were in our twenties. Yeah, like homie still plays D anD D, but he looks like a fucking marble statue. Yeah. It does sometimes math doesn't add up, right? Yeah. Like it just happens. I mean, for me, I felt like the fact that he was almost forty and had been in Hollywood a really long time, like added to that. Like he yeah. really was working like, for his career as opposed to somebody who was just starting out in fame. Oh, he wasn't just. He wasn't just a magic 20 something right. who this is his first star role right. and he's just instant superstar right. and nobody knows who he is so he can lie about it. Right. No, this is a long game for him. Right. He had to earn his his mm-hmm. you know spot there. I just thought of another question. I'm just going to add it in real quick so that I don't You're forget. Okay. I wish they would have added I know he's 40 something and she's pushing 40 and there's little few things that like would have definitely helped uh-huh. to add in, mm-hmm. I think. But this is like minor nitpicking, so I'm not even going to ring the bell. Mention that we struggle getting up in the morning because our back's a little too tight. Mention that our yeah. knees creak. You know what I mean? Like, this shit happens yeah. in your early 40s. Like, but maybe, he's like acting all spry like his body's perfect. And well, honey maybe buddy. because he does work out regularly. I don't know. My husband is a healthy, fit man. And he still complains about that shit. Yeah. Like that's true. That's true. Um, I did. I'm gonna confession time. Okay. okay. I am a plus size woman that is in a relationship. <gasps> Shocking. Not the confession, Molly. <laughs> oh, okay. That My is bad. in a relationship with somebody who, um, like you said, is more traditionally uh-huh. attractive than what I am. And I still kind of struggled a little bit to find their relationship believable. Because I want this to be real. I want the Bridget Jones story. I want this to be real. But it almost 
any time that I've had a relationship apart from Tom, it ended up being that my weight was an issue for the person in the end, you know? And so it just was hard for me to fully buy it, even though I fucking loved this book. It's one I'm going to reread. It made me feel like it's joy. Joyful. I yeah. loved it, but it, it made still, me happy. It did it me too. Made, made me happy. But there were definitely times that I was like, would he still really like her body though? Like, I mean, he could have anybody like, and that's probably like my own insecurities, but like, I, I mean, I was going to say that. I mean, honey, I love you a lot. Uh-huh. I know but that you. sounds like April, April stuff, not book, April stuff. Not book, April stuff. <laughs> and like, I have shit. I got shit. I can't help it. But that, that, that sounds like book April stuff, not really. That sounds like uh, April stuff, not April stuff. That's yeah, that makes sense. Maybe. All right. Book April. Book, book April. April. Not, not April. April. Book April would never. April, book April, April would, would never. April April would. Um, April. All right. So April agrees to go on the date with Marcus as a fan of the Gods of the Gate show, but she doesn't see a future for the two of them beyond the publicity stunt. She changes her mind over the course of the first date. On their second date, she thinks Marcus is fat shaming her. Was Marcus asking her to work out an issue with her own insecurity or was that low-key fat shaming? It was her insecurity. He was telling her about his day. He was going, okay, this is what I have to do. But I want to see you. Do you want right. to come along with? It wasn't a, hey, I need, why don't you come fucking work out with me because you're plus size. Right. It was, hey, I want to see you. And these are the only things I can do right now. Yeah. Was it a book April bullshit that she's going with and struggling with? Absolutely. Right. Was he an idiot not for not like looking at the situation before he opened his mouth? Absolutely. Was right. there... It was the miscommunication trope. I mean, yes, they do have a miscommunication there right in the beginning. They also have another one later in the book, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. But I mean, I agree with you. I feel like her past trauma, her parents are just really shitty. Her, fuck of, her parents. Her parents fuck are awful. her parents. Her mom and her relationship with her mom, mom is tries. so similar to like my relationship with my mom that it was like, I it was hard. Um, yeah. But I'm uh, sure. like the past dates that she'd had where... I think she actually later in the book talks about how um, how hard it is to have somebody like fuck her, then make comments about eating healthy, but it's still expect her to spread her legs later. Yeah. Like, I think it's, that was like the expression. It's like, it's, um, that it's was being, somebody. It's, 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 it's being negative about them, but like, they don't realize they're being negative about right. you. It's awful. Or they're doing it like low key and, I mean, it's not okay to do it. And the thing is that that's an example of someone loving you for your personality and not loving you as a person and, like, not loving you as a whole person. like Loving you for you. Right. Like, I know one of the things that Tom was initially attracted to me about, I know it was my boobs. I know Mm -hmm. that. Because... Um, I know what my assets are and we met through, you know, eHarmony. Social media. Yeah. Like, so yeah. I took pictures that had good cleavage with Tom refers you to You know them, what you were selling? Tom refers to them as my, 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 my big morals. These are my big, oh, okay. morals. Your big um, morals. So I know that that was one of the first things that he was tra- attracted to. Then it became knowing my personality. I think he probably also liked my eyes. I have green eyes. They're not normal. So like a lot of people like my eyes. Um, but I think Marcus 
thought she was beautiful before he met her too. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And I think she just had a hard time believing that someone that looked like him. And I mean, I get it. I had a hard time with it too. You know? Yeah. And and, and and it's a self divide, right? It's Mm -hmm. a us them kind of situation Mm -hmm. in that moment. And I mean, I get it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm, my my mom was the only divorced mom in our town. Yeah. My we were referred to as the Johnson girls growing up. Mm-hmm. It was mom and us like so I know there was things said about me growing up. I right. know there were things said about my family growing up. Right. So like Molly Johnson has a cognitation to it in mm-hmm. some parts of our town. Yeah. And so when Matt started dating me and kept calling me Molly Johnson, like it was like a, like a catchphrase. I thought it was, he was referring to those things. Yeah. Not like, Oh, I got the cheerleader and everybody in high school used to look at the boobs of. Right. I thought he was talking about Molly Johnson. Yeah. And you know, that was a clarity thing we had to work out, but right. it definitely like, it definitely happens. Right. Definitely how I feel. Yeah. I get it. Uh-huh. All right. Next question. Yes, please. All right. Marcus and April both have some pretty awful parents. Marcus's awful parents, parents write an op-ed condemning the show he's working on what? and basically made Piece him feel dumb sh- and worthless. Shit. Yeah. His whole life because he's dyslexic. April's father literally hates that she is plus size and has definitely abused her mom to the point where she doesn't eat enough so that she won't get big. Mm -hmm. Um, And April's mom also fat shames her regularly in a, I'm just worried about you way. Was any of this relatable? Yeah. 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 (laughs) Agreed. Yeah. Um, Um, Do you think their backstories were necessary for them to fall in love? Trauma finds trauma. How do you think you and I became besties? Wasn't in a vacuum. I mean, it was books, but once you and I first, once you and I started talking, I mean, we knew we found another person that had our life that nobody else had had, you know? We realized that the other person had escaped something that nobody else would understand we escaped. Right. And... Sometimes that bond builds love. Right. I mean, you are one of my favorite people. And I think Aww. I can say that vice versa, right? Like, yeah. we truly love each other. Right. And we love each other because we have that bond together. We have that trauma together. Yeah. It may not be the same trauma. Right. But it's something nobody else is going to understand but you and me. Right. And I think that's I it. don't totally agree that we didn't become friends in a vacuum, though, because <laughs> we became friends because we were in the same station in the same place. Like, right, right. The military like, makes weird friends of people, and they really are sort of in the vac- a vacuum. Right, so. right, 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 right. But, but like, we did choose each other. Like, the truth is, chose. the truth is, we had a pretty big group of friends in Houston. When Six we, couples? Yeah, there were. Four couples? Yeah, there were quite a few of us. And I'm mathing. You keep going. And the only person that I still regularly talk to from there is you. Five and couples. Five couples. Five couples. And I mean, we did a lot with each other. Like everybody would go to dinner together. I think you get, we all went to my graduation. Like you guys had a graduation party for me when I finished grad school. We had, you know, big birthdays. Um, you guys all came to my house for Liv's first Christmas. Like, yeah. And the yeah, only one I still talk to is you, you know? So I keep trying to kick you out and you just keep fighting your way back. In. I'm a fucking cockroach, big. 
It's going to be me, Dolly Parton, Keith Richards, and the planet explodes. I'm glad that you've planned how I die. The world is going to implode. It's going to be Keith Richards, me, and Dolly. Dolly will be very sweet. Keith is going to be higher than I would have said it was going to be the queen. I didn't ever think she would die. (laughs) Oh, that's a whole nother conversation. That's true. (laughs) That the show for Harry and Meghan came out today that we're filming. Oh my God. In the first episode. Wait to watch it. I have to wait for fucking Matt. Fucking waiting for Matt for that thing. Yeah. Sorry about that. God damn it, Matthew. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Matthew. All right. So let's get into the spice. Marcus and April have a lot of sex in this book. It isn't a slow burn and it doesn't really have a buildup at all. They basically have sex early in the book and they keep going. What did you think of the spice in this book? Yeah. Four and a half chili peppers. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think Olivia Day just did such a better job balancing the story with the sex. Well, it fits. Yeah. It felt organic it yeah. felt like it naturally happened for the couple yeah. it didn't just be like oh we're fucking on a table now right oh there's a closet in a hospital let's fuck there like it wasn't like an emergency fuck it was like each fuck was necessary <laughs> and there wasn't bad dialogue either it no. wasn't like oh baby they're so pretty what the fuck i still tessa bailey nobody wants to hear that bro but like this is this was good. It was, it was good. good. It was good. It was good. I love the descriptors of how her body was. Um, you know, they they talked about like like her her big like I think Marcus's point of view, he's saying something about her big thighs wrapping around him. And like I know that you haven't read the second Akatar book, but there chapter fifty five for all of you Akatar fans. You know what I'm <laughs> fucking talking about. There's a scene where Farah is laid out and Reese is feasting. I mean, and that's how he described it. That's what he wanted. That happens in this book. Like, he tells her, I want to see you laid out. Right? Like, I mean, yeah. 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 I thought it was interesting that it was very one-sided. It was very him pleasing her and not the other way around. There is a lot of men that really love that. Yeah. There's a Sex and the City episode about that. You know, I, I just, this is the only comment. Charlotte in the guy, the passion fruit guy. I'm opposed to. I've still oh. never seen Sex in the City. Oh, God. Um, I, this is the only comment I'm going to make on this. My husband's love language is service. And that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> Did you just open books and be like. This page, please. <laughs> and here for later. <laughs> this one. I, I, and I, I maybe also this one. I, I bookmarked it for you. Just leave, um, him, just leave him on his pillow. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> oh, man. I, okay, I just loved how much Marcus loved her body. Like, I, literally and figuratively, he loved her body. No, you stop that shit. It's not that Marcus left his her body. He loved her. He did. He had been in love with her from the moment he realized who she was. When he found out she was Volsi. 
as soon as he found out she was Elsie, he Mm -hmm. embraced all of it. It wasn't about her body. It wasn't about her mind. It wasn't, Mm -hmm. it was about who she was. Yeah. And he was going to love Elsie no matter what. But he was attracted to her body too. Like he, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not taking that away. I'm not taking that away, but But what I'm saying, he loved Mm Elsie and everything else came because of that. Yeah. Yeah. Everything else came because of that. And it pisses me off that that man lied. Yeah, so let's get into my next question because that's what it's about. Uh, this book, like most romance novels, has a miscommunication trope and breakup scene. So after a misunderstanding about how April wanted Marcus to behave at her mom's birthday party, Marcus finally reveals that he is book Aeneas would never. Shocking. April is very upset that he lied to her and the two end their romance. How did you feel about the miscommunication trope in this book? I'm still mad at him. Mm-hmm. Like, I know we needed it. The book needed it. The author had no other choice. It's how yeah. we had to get this book to where we needed it to go. There right. was no other way. The brilliant, brilliant layup made me mad. And that was the point, right? Yeah. We were supposed to be mad at him. Yeah. We were supposed to be like, what the fuck, dude? Right. You're an idiot. And, and, and when he chose to tell her, it was just not the time. It was, no! it was not the time. But it just proves right there how much, like, he's got that dumb man brain, right? Dumb man brain. Dumb man brain. And sometimes dumb man brain. Think with penis and not with dumb brain brain. Mm-hmm. So, like, dumb man brain make dumb man things and say dumb man things out yeah. mouth. Right. So, like, he just I did mean, the dumb man he, thing. He didn't know that he was not following what she wanted at the party. Like he can't mm-hmm. really be faulted for the fact that like No, no, she definitely should have been more right. clear. But and this but, just shows how young the relationship is is that they they weren't good at communication yet. Right. But for him to have hid that from her and not just hid that from her, he broke off the communication as Buccaneus would ever, would never basically lied to her that he didn't understand what fan fiction was. And then um started kept writing fan fiction but like as a different name. It was just really not okay. It was zero okay. It was zero okay. But zero I think we okay. needed it because we need something happens later, which I'm actually gonna um, skip the next question and, and go to this one because this is what happens that kind of makes April realize, oh fuck, I understand why he did it. So at the con, Marcus's best friend and castmate Alex reveals on stage that he hates the writing of the show and has been secretly writing his own fanfic about his character Cupid getting pegged. pegged. <laughs> this obviously has potential disaster for his career written all over it. I forgot about the pegging. It also helps April see that Marcus wasn't trying to deceive her, but trying to protect his career. So was this story, like, did it fix the problem? Um, Was it necessary? Is this just setting up Alex for a sequel? Like, what are your thoughts? Oh, two bells. He could have explained at the very beginning, hey, look, my job's on the line. Yeah. Nobody can know I'm fanficking. Like, I've told right. you my biggest secret about me being dyslexic. You know I'm not an idiot. Right. Just, you can't tell anybody. Right. And he proved that, or she proved that he wasn't going going to lose her trust because he right. started asking questions about Book Aeneas whenever, and she wouldn't betray that, and she wouldn't betray Marcus to right. Book Aeneas whatever. Never. So, so yeah. it, it, it's just, it proves how young their relationship was. Yeah. It proves how young the relationship was. And it shows how broken he was that mm-hmm. he couldn't even, even though he knew she was the love of his life. He yeah. knew that 
he knew as what is her name? What's her username? Ulsi. Ulsi. He knew Ulsi was the love of his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as soon as he realized April was Ulsi mm-hmm. and he told her the truth, mm-hmm. like things would have, but then we wouldn't have a book, right? right? We wouldn't have a book. None of none of this, none of this would have happened. But I think that it does set up Marcus's story for the next book, or sorry, Alex's story for the next book because Alex has a relationship with his assistant in the next one. And I think like, I mean, that was set up in this whole book, right? Like, Alex is, has a thing for her. That's fucking obvious. In obvious. This. That he has a a very obvious. Yeah. But I, I do think even though it was cliche for it to happen that way, that we had to have something to reveal, like actually right. how dangerous him doing this. Really and I mean, was. it's better for Alex to do it. Honestly. Yeah. Then, then, then like, Marcus to blow up his career. Right. Yeah. Because, like, honestly, Alex is going to get a lot more forgiveness in this, right? I Alex, think so. Alex is the fuck around. Alex um, is the, the kid that fucks up all the time. Like, right. Alex, they expect this shit from Alex. Right. That's why yes. he's got a minder. That's yeah. why he's got a grown-up babysitting him. Right. All right, so... Um, after the breakup, Marcus goes back to Hollywood and April tries to move on, but both of them are expected to appear at the Gods of the Gate con in a few weeks later, mm-hmm. because of course. Um, so during the con, Marcus reveals that he loves April in a grand romantic gesture during the panel, then April reveals the same and they reconnect. Cliche or happily ever after? Both. 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 I loved it though. I love that the person... Like the boyfriend, like did not believe that Marcus could love her, and he truly was like, and, and "No, like, I fucking love her. She's like, she's like my favorite person. Go fuck best. yourself." And like, then I love that there was a a a bigger girl in the audience who was like, like uh, felt like yeah. seen that yeah. somebody like her could get someone like Marcus. Like, right? It makes it, it realistic. It, it feels yeah. It felt. Like a good moment. I yeah. also love that the person who plays um, uh, Lavinius on Lavinius. the show is the one that made sure that they both got back together. That was so cute. So cute. So cute. All right. So there is a secondary story throughout this book that Marcus and his fellow castmates are on thin ice for potentially leaking spoilers. In the end, we discovered that it was Ian. The absolute worst of the castmates fucking, of was, course it was actually Ian. leaking the information in exchange for discounted tuna. Of all the things. Uh, so was this story necessary overall? Was this side story it's necessary? It's how shit happens. It's how shit happens all the time. Uh-huh. I mean, it's always the idiot. Yeah. It's always the one that's the asshole. Leaking. He was t- such an asshole. I've seen so many military masks mm-hmm. because of stupid shit like this. Yeah. Like, a gardener right. was being detained in Houston uh-huh. for, for um, like, the words losing me. Words are hard. For citizenship, okay? Mm-hmm. And he was telling the, the agent that he knew somebody in the military that would help him. And he just said, kept telling him, uh, he was telling me about work the other day that he was going to be X, Y, and Z. Just let me call him. Let me call him. He was telling them where he was going to be and he was going to be out of town. This captain told secret detail of mm-hmm. a of a ship's motions mm-hmm. to his immigrant gardener. Right. And he told DHS. Right. Yeah. Like. Dumb. 
People do it all the time. Yeah. They don't realize they're doing it. Oh, but he did. He was getting discounted tuna. Like, I mean, I need that tuna discount. People are stupid. Stupid. Stupid! I 100% called it from Jump that Ian was the one that was selling the secrets. I mean, for discounted tuna, like, that did not see that coming. That was so dumb. He kept tuna in his pocket. Like, just gross. Like, he must be so hungry. I'm wondering if that's a jab at Chris Pratt. Why? Uh, Just because of the way Chris Pratt has been treated in the past by Marvel fans for like his behaviors and stuff towards fans in the past. And like, Mm -hmm. and the jokes about, um, you know, I'm wondering if it's like a nod at Marvel in general, because like Tom Holland's never allowed to see the script until he's at onset. (laughs) I know. Like, (laughs) like he can't keep secrets. (laughs) Right. And like, supposedly Chris Pratt's the one nobody likes. So I'm wondering if like, like Chris Pratt, I like him as an actor. I don't like him as a personal human being, but that's a whole. Yes, but see, that's one of the very few people in the Hollywood world that, like, I find relatable. Yeah. I'm sure it's not like, anyways, it's not the point. But, like, I'm wondering if it's just another chance of her pulling out. Like a fanfic element. More fanfic elements. Like, yeah. The story where Marcus talks to his parents about how he's supposed to always have, like, chicken around, like, chicken cutlets, it made me think of the story that Taylor Lautner told when he was beefing up for New Moon. Oh, yeah? he would just eat uh, beef patties. Like, he kept, like, hamburger, cooked hamburger patties in a cooler, and he would just pull them out and just be (laughs) eating them, like, all day long. And, like... Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart thought this was, like, the dumbest shit ever. But, like, Taylor Lautner in the first movie, he is not beefy. They actually talked about recasting him. Really? They talked about recasting him for New Moon because he's supposed to be, like, Jacob is supposed to be massive. Like, yeah, Not just bulky and, like, muscular. He's supposed to be, like, a lot taller than Bella and Edward. And, obviously, Taylor Lautner is not a tall man. But he did beef up so that he could He's never been a tall man. No. He's not a tall guy. He's just not. He's average, you know. And Robert Pattinson's pretty tall, so. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's just... So, anyway, I just... That kept me... made me think of that. I mean, but we hear weird celebrity shit all the time, right? Like, wasn't there one about uh, Britney Spears only wanting green... M&M's for a while in her room. I thought like, that was I think Mariah I read Carey. That I thought that was Mariah Maybe it Carey. was. Anyways, but it's not the point. Like It's random celebrity shit. We're famous. We can do this. Right? Yeah. Like, I can get away with it. Whatever. But then there are, like, stories where they're, like, really, like, hurting. Disgusting for, human beings. Where yeah. they're, like, hurting for their craft. Like, um, Joshua, whatever the fuck his last name is. PETA. Yeah. Josh- Hutchinson. Hutchinson. Josh Hutchinson. Hutchinson. He dyed his hair for the movie yeah. his scalp was like bleeding from the bleach like he had to do it so frequently because he has like black hair yeah also he didn't really look like Peta in the books either but he did a great mm-hmm. job as Peta. i'm not complaining but Peta was also supposed to be a lot bigger than katniss and jennifer right. lawrence is taller than him <laughs> like um Keep going. I have a thought. That was it. And I'm gonna find it. I just had another, my last question that I added in was, so I'm going to show this. So there are 
in between every chapter, there are these either excerpts of fanfic or um, uh, DMs between Alsi and Book Aeneas would never mm -hmm. on um, that are like plugged throughout in between chapters. Did you like that edition? I, it pulled me out of the story. Oh, really? I had a hard time with it, oh, really? especially because I did audiobook. Yeah. And I'm not reading the physical book. Yeah. So there was no gap. There was no explanation. It yeah. was just like they go. So I'll go, for example, I'll start on page 27. Then she clicked on the thread to find out what the fuck had just happened. Lavinius serves Dion two years ago. Unapologetic Lavinius. And it just starts going into yeah. it. No voice change, no demeanor, no right. nothing. And it's just like, yeah, the first time it happened, I had to rewind. I'm like, what? Okay. So huh? I, I really liked it because I felt like it immersed us more in the Lavinia server I and the was... fanfic world, but I was reading the physical book. Now I did listen to the, uh, bits and pieces of the audiobooks I could finish on time, but mm -hmm. I was mostly reading the physical book. So was... I can see how that would be. Is a book, a book written for dis about a dyslexic character mm -hmm. and you don't make the audiobook dyslexic friendly. Yeah. Feels ignorant. I don't know that that was really her choice because I don't I don't think I don't think the was, audio was audio books are usually produced by the publishing house. Right. I don't feel like it was intentional. I'm not accusing anyone of intentionally right cat ostracizing the dyslexic. Well, I did I'm like that they referenced how he read um, using audio software. Oh, yes. and how he wrote that way, and I thought that was like a really good like, nod to let what me tell you when what I am having. Do. A high ADHD day mm -hmm. when I learned that Microsoft Word mm -hmm. had talk to text installed, yeah. I cried that day. Well, I cried that day. I mean, because it's got to be very helpful for you. It, it's it's just there are words I'll never be able to spell. Yeah, and this is just there are words my brain mixes up. Right, through is a really hard one for me. A really hard one for me. T-H-R-E-W, T-H-R-O-U-G-H, T-H, like there is just, yeah. and sometimes it's overwhelming yeah. and, and you need that extra assistance and right. for him to have that technology, for that technology to be even available yeah. is just miraculous. Well, and I think Mirac like him being someone that is like our age, I think that you know, he didn't grow I up did. with that. So someone like my son, who James doesn't have dyslexia, but he has a really severe fine motor delay. Mm -hmm. So he has a lot of difficulty, not just writing, but typing. And so he uses talk to text um, on his computer at for school. They, they have a special, he has special software for talk to text that's a attached to his Google. It's a plugin for Google. That's and, awesome. And he, that's how he does his work. I um, mean- and it'll take helped him a lot. It, it, it used to take me before the Microsoft and I'm going to, I'm going to show how I, I feel like it makes me show how ignorant I am. And I know what's my learning disability. Um, it would take me if I'm in the middle of writing uh -huh. and I come upon a word I need to write something that's difficult, something I, that's in my everyday vocabulary, but I know right. it's not a word I can spell. Right. I will. Go through the talk to tech. I will ask Siri. I will ask Google. I will find, it will take me forever. I will write full sentences into Google mm -hmm. and it takes me out mm -hmm. of what I'm doing. 
But Molly, and it makes me feel stupid and it makes me feel ignorant and it just makes me not want to do what I was working on, you know? But Molly, I don't want you to feel stupid doing that because I do not have dyslexia. I do not have ADHD. I was a fucking English teacher and I am a terrible speller. I still Google words oh, so yeah. that it will tell me how to spell them. Because I'll type it in a Google uh, to the um, to like a Word document and Word will be like, mm-hmm. I don't know what fucking word this is. You're going to have to try harder than that. <laughs> Where it's like, can you give me some context clues? I, I need more. And, and, and like, and I've talked about this before on here. My dyslexia is more um, numbers based. Mm-hmm. I and, and it has a name, but I just calcula. Yes, calcula. Um, I think yes. Math gives me panic attacks. I literally start hyperventilating mm-hmm. and, and crying. And don't do that. math is awful. Like um, when I had Matt and Hillary had to tutor me through my college math to finish my degree. Mm-hmm. And anytime either of them had to sit down with me to do college level algebra, I had panic attacks and mm-hmm. was crying. Yeah, and math is awful. So I, I mean, without with either of them, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have gotten through college level math. I'm not even gonna lie. Yeah. They, they saved my ass. They, they helped my hand. It well, was good for spouses and friends. That's awesome. Like I love my, I love them for that. Like it, yeah. it just. I would have Life's done my fair. best to help you if I were still in Oh, Texas, I know, but oh, I know that, baby. That's not my thing either. But I bug you all the time. You know that. So, okay. Any more questions? Me. I'm sorry. That's all the questions I had. Um, I really enjoyed this one. Um, final thoughts. Final thoughts. I... I gave it five out of five. It's a four for me. Yeah. It's a four for me. Um, I... She did a great representation. I always feel glad when any learning disabilities are represented. So mm-hmm. she did a great representation of that. It, I feel like I, she did a great representation of plus size community. Uh, next week, I guess, huh? Yeah. What's next week. Next um, week we are reading this book, Queerly Beloved, by Susie Demond. I don't even know where the hell it is in here. Well, this is what it looks like for all of you at home. It's somewhere in this fucking hellhole. Molly and I both did the audiobook for this one. Um, so we'll talk about that one next week. And then then we'll only have the bonus episode that Tom did to talk about how he felt about Akatar, but that's it for season three. Take a break because I'm gonna fucking write. Yeah, and I'm gonna read some smutty smut smut. I'll send you smut. I just wanna read good love stories with lots of banging. Send me your suggestions. DM me some suggestions. <laughs> hey, hey, tag us on all the social medias. Yeah. And hey, hey, I don't know who the fuck has been joining us from Canada or wherever the fuck you fuckers are coming from. But Stop like calling the fans fuckers. No, 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 no. I love you fuckers. Thank you for all the downloads lately. Listen, the past we, few I, days. Like, I don't know. Somebody is into us right now. They're getting all the episodes. Stop flirting with us. We already like you guys. They can keep coming. I'm happy about it. Speaking of, I'll just go to the dashboard real quick. Why the fuck not? Um, I'll put a link below of the, seriously, 231 today. Shit. Thank you guys. This is amazing. I don't know know where you guys are coming from. But But we're happy you're here. Please stay. Hang out a little bit. I know we're batshit crazy fuckers, but it's fun. Yeah. (laughs) April will keep telling me to stop calling you fuckers. Yeah. I'll call you besties if you prefer. You know what? We'll put a poll. 
we'll put a poll when this episode airs in the stories. Do you prefer to be called fuckers or besties? Prove April wrong or tell me you shut the fuck up. Either way, can we love I you guys. just tell you to shut the fuck up? Will that work? Yeah. Okay, shut the fuck up. I love you. I love you too. <laughs> All right, uh, that's it, everybody. We'll see you next week. We're done. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on Book Besties. Don't forget to like and subscribe. The views discussed here are those of Molly and April, not those of anyone else. Today's book was Spoiler Alert by Olivia Dade. Your book besties are Molly Biggs and April Watkins, editing by Thomas Watkins, and music is Sleep Sweetly by Prigida. Don't forget to follow Book Besties on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. If you'd like to contact the Book Besties, please email us at bookbestiespod at gmail.com or visit our website, bookbestiespodcast.com.